did I spend enough time concentrating on things that had meaning? Or did I allow myself to get preoccupied with the things that really weren't that important? So that's just kind of an interesting, mm. isn't it interesting how we all have different takes on the world? And this is what you're inviting us to think of the perspective, like what lens am I looking at this yeah. topic of procrastination? Exactly. And how might trying different ways of looking at it help me shift my relationship to the topic of, in this case, procrastination? Hello and welcome to Unsaid at Work. I'm your host, Catherine Stegmacy, an executive and team coach interested in the unsaid conversations that we don't have at work. And this is another episode today where we pick up a conundrum that was sent to us by a listener and see if we can be helpful in offering our perspective. This week's topic is procrastination. And even if you don't identify as a procrastinator, and this episode might change that, as it did for me, you probably know someone who is. So this episode is for all of us. I think we often think overcoming procrastination is a matter of just discipline and hard work. But you'll see from this conversation, it can go so much deeper. As with episode 35, when we had our first answering of your challenges, the listener challenge, this is a conversation with my friend and coach extraordinaire, Rona Steinberg, who calls herself the out loud coach. And as you spend time with her in this episode, you'll see just how true that is. She brings a much more reflective angle or style to the coaching conversation, which I think is a perfect counterbalance to my action-packed style. We kick off with a very useful coaching tool around perspective that'll help you get unstuck on this topic or anything else. We also touch on the need to consider how our perspective influences our relationships with the thing in front of us, you know, our task or project, that how procrastination might be a signal of other conditions and that perhaps the purpose and the importance of a project connecting to the purpose can actually help in making even the mundane tasks more manageable and fulfilling. I hope this show has you wanting to have your own work conundrum answered. The link is in the show notes if you'd like to drop us your details of what it is that you're struggling with and how you'd like us to help. And let's, for the moment, go see what we can learn about the many layers and faces of procrastination. Would you like me to read this one out, Catherine, or would you like to read this one out? I'll read it out this time. Thank you, Rona. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we've called this one procrastination. Not a simple topic. So our listener says, for years now, my biggest struggle with work is procrastination and getting distracted. It's usually when I'm on my own and starting a new project. How do you focus on tasks that are boring but necessary? Mm, that's a huge one, isn't it? Yeah, my, I have a long list <laughs> here of like, what if and maybe and perhaps this and should we check this? And yeah, and I think it's a great question that many of us can relate oh, to. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't call myself a procrastinator, but I can procrastinate. It feels that the person identifies quite strongly being a procrastinator. Yeah, I think there's a little piece there about it's usually so the circumstances are important here. So they're not mm -hmm. saying I always procrastinate at work. No. But it's usually when they're on their own and when they're starting a new project. Mm -hmm. So there's something about that's important to know about. As we always say, the circumstances are the circumstances, but the way we look at the circumstances are within our remit. So that might be just a sort of shorthand way of, oh, we need to change some perspective here around what we regard 
there's the in the detail response to this, like sort of systems mm, and processes response, yeah. like the tactical response. And then there's you zoom out and then there's the sort of the eagle eye discussion of this. I'm wondering whether it might be fun for us to explore the idea of how do we work with perspective? Just because it's something I know that we both. <laughs> yes. I know yes. I do. I often like to help clients reframe or do an exercise around shifting perspective. You and I are speaking, and when I first looked at this issue on my own at home, I looked at it from a completely different perspective, but now I'm speaking to you, something else has come in. So that in itself is interesting, but I'll start with the idea of working with perspective. Mm -hmm. So I think when we are working with perspective, and what we mean by that is really just how we look at something, we can have the same issue and we can look at it in a different way, and that can change the way we feel about it and then can change the way the things that we do about it. So first of all, it's really important to identify what the topic is, and I feel like the topic here is procrastination. We might say to our client, well, it's procrastination around new projects just so that we have something concrete to think about. So we've got a new project and we're procrastinating on the board so-called boring tasks. So we would, in this exercise, identify, how do I feel about the tasks? They are boring. <laughs> that is a perspective. Yeah. So I would really have the client really drop into boring, boredom, feel it in their bodies, really get to know about a boring topic or a boring task. Just so we know what boring feels like. Mm. That's the perspective that we're standing in. We might use the room that we're in or colors or tastes or all the sensations to shift perspective. So I know you know this exercise, Catherine. So what might be another perspective that we could sit in? <laughs> you would ask me. One of my favorites, which usually freaks people out, but I still love it because it has a big impact, is the dying fly perspective. Ooh. <laughs> that sounds horrible, but do go on. <laughs> so again, this is about occupying the perspective first and then exploring the topic afterwards. But the, yeah, the perspective is it's helpful to lie on the floor on your back, arms and legs in the air as if you were a dying fly. And you're not dead, you're dying. So it, it is the sort of last moments of, of a fly on the window ledge mm. and that sense of my time is coming to an end as a little fly. I know where you're heading, but go on. <laughs> and I think the embodiment of that helps as well, like shifting your perspective, shifting your mm. body to feel that is helpful. Usually that perspective has a, a big reframe on the meaning and the size and the importance of this thing right. that we've made usually quite big because it's been brought up for conversation. That's one of my favorite mm. disruptive ones. It's actually really interesting you say that because I've got a different perspective on your perspective. <laughs> so what I'm hearing <laughs> from you, actually, how important is this? when you're dying? How important is that boring task? Mm -hmm. What I heard was, when you're dying, you want to know that your life has had some meaning. <laughs> mm -hmm. So actually, for me, what that brought up was, wow, I allowed the boring, the so-called boring task to override the importance of this new project. And it was mm -hmm. the new project that had meaning for me. Did I spend enough time concentrating on things that had meaning 
or did I allow myself to get preoccupied with the things that really weren't that important? So that's just kind of an interesting, mm. isn't it interesting how we all have different takes on the world? And this is what you're inviting us to think of the perspective, like what lens am I looking at this yeah. topic of procrastination? Exactly. And how might trying different ways of looking at it help me shift my relationship to the topic of, in this case, procrastination? Right. There are all sorts of ways to work with perspective. So you could jump. So we've got, we've had the boring, it's boring. We've had the dying fly. Boring. What would you add? I, out of the corner of my eye, I have a beautiful garden. So I might suggest beautiful garden. Beautiful garden represents. What comes to mind? Spaciousness, beauty. Well, for me, it's beauty, meaning. Hmm. When I go into my garden, I'm lifted out of whatever funk I'm in and it yeah. takes me to an altogether more beautiful place and a place that's really important to me and it fills me up it it makes me feel alive my garden just reminds me of how beautiful the world is mm. I get very fascinated with the flowers and and so I, I guess I'm kind of moving towards something with this topic around this beautiful new project finding the meaning behind the project and not allowing the tedious tasks to get you in a funk and so that they are running the show so a lot about helping this particular person get connected to why their why why are they doing this project in the first place What's important about the project? Because mm. we know that if you can make that meaning big, the yeah. boring, mundane tasks become not that important and we can get them done. Yeah. I think those are both great examples of perspectives. And and we're not suggesting listeners that either of those are. You don't have to rent any of them. They're just like thought experiments. Exactly. And you can try them on and see what becomes available and then you just keep kind of moving through. We're not mandating you to have to look at it through this lens in the future. Mm -mm. It creates more spaciousness around the topic. That's what we're looking for. So you can have more choice in how you respond. Exactly. And after once you, you know, you can try this exercise out for yourself and it is quite a fun thing to do and be quite imaginative and creative about it and use things that are meaningful for you. And once you've sort of gathered those perspectives, it's identify which of those feels the most resonant for you. You know, if dead fly feels resonant, go towards that and think about, okay, what are the things I could do if I'm in the dead fly perspective about mm -hmm. those boring tasks? <laughs> so I'll swing that one back to you, Catherine. If you were in the dead fly <laughs> perspective, because it's your perspective, if you were in that dead fly perspective and you were brainstorming around, okay, I've got these boring but necessary tasks to complete. How would you approach them from the dead fly perspective or dying fly perspective? Not dead yet. <laughs> dying, yeah, not yeah, not dead. Yeah. How would I brainstorm? There's something about the size of which it takes up. It feels a bit whack-a-mole for me. I would just mm. like bash them out. Like they were just tasks, get them out the way, don't allow them to consume my vision, minimize the size in my heart, in my energy, and like I'm holding them. They might not change the size, the time it takes to do them, but how they invade my life i think it would reduce yeah right 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 so i'm hearing that you would just something about separating yourself from the emotion of it and just get on with the tasks get it off that desk 
yeah, he's boring but necessary. So we can't not do them, but just get out of it. And what would your garden perspective add to the brainstorm? Well, I love that question because it's not an obvious answer. What comes up for me is making it beautiful, making that boring task beautiful. So I'm imagining a pile of, I mean, I've got a few <laughs> documents on the table <laughs> that I've got to get through. So I might arrange those in a beautiful way. There's something about mm-hmm. arranging for me, arranging, Aesthetics. Yeah, mm-hmm. arranging things so that I bring order to chaos. What can happen is I get overwhelmed by the muddle. I get overwhelmed by the, oh, there's so much to do and I can't get through it all. And it's also difficult. But if I separate it all out and make it harmonious and then do the task in an organized way, I already feel better in my body. Mm. There's a harmony to nature. It kind of settles itself. When you said beauty, I was thinking colored post-it notes. Oh, yes. Now you're talking. Fun and pens. (laughs) You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, how do you bring the beauty into the... Yeah. We're assuming it's office work of some sort, right? We are, aren't we? And I sort of feel like creating space to do it. Now I'm doing this in this space, all of these things in this space, and I've got a chunk of time mm. in which to do it. And I'm going to do this very beautifully. Mm. I, that's how I work with these awkward little things. Well, I, I think those are both great examples of how a different perspective on something might dial you into different mm. options which is what we're trying to give the listener, the longer range of options that you could think mm. of to help you in the situation than you, that you probably haven't thought of. Absolutely. And I think understanding what those tasks are for, again, if we can go back to the previous listener around raising your awareness, accepting, oh, yeah, I am a bit bored and it is a bit difficult and I do incline towards procrastination. It's, it's, it's a normal, normalize that for yourself. Give yourself a little virtual hug. Mm. It might look easy, but they're not. They're, it's okay to mm. feel, I don't want to do this. And then find a way to, to make it okay for yourself in service of that bigger purpose, which is developing this beautiful new project. What came to me as well as I, as I was thinking about this topic, I find that procrastination and perfectionism are siblings. Oh, gosh, yes. Good point. Absolutely. I wonder how much the listener sees this as related. We've done the exercise around helping you shift perspectives. I'd like to talk about some other angles on this. And one of them is like, what's really going on? Mm. And I, in my experience, there, there is something around perfectionism. Because really, whatever you're doing is good enough. By some measure that you've made up, this won't be approved. This won't be good enough. Mm. They won't like it. It's not what expe- it's expected of me at my level. Mm. Insert variety. Essentially critical voices. Yeah. I love that. I think it was, I'm going to be a bit nerdy now and quote Voltaire. <laughs> Come <He> on said, <laughs> Off I go. He said, perfect is the enemy of good. I've heard that before. I didn't know that was mm. him. There you go. Every day is a learning no, day. Every day is a learning Perfect day. is the enemy of good. In other words, we avoid because we think it's not good enough. Yeah. So we don't do it at all. So the philosophy here is give things a try. Get it out there. Well, in the spirit of reflection, if the listener wants to go there, anyone else who suffers with procrastination, is the reflection work around against whose standards am I measuring my work? Mm. That's a big onion to peel. Yeah. Yeah, I think it starts off, well, my boss. And it's like, well, is it really your boss or is it your highly critical mother? In my case, 
highly critical mother who I then internalize the voice and then nothing's ever good enough. Even when I have a thousand data points coming from outside, I'm talking more when I was working in corporate. And part of me is like, mm, yeah, no, bad, Catherine, you could have done better. That voice, does that have the effect of making you procrastinate? Or is it that when you do the task, it doesn't feel good enough? Or is it both? In my case, things like public speaking and in, in particular and creating and doing the prep around the public speaking, creating the slide mm. deck, and I would kick that down the line so far, right. and which is not my normal right. behavior. So sp it's specific things with me that I would procrastinate on because the sense was I could never do it in a way that I wasn't filled with shame with what, with what I created. Right. I don't even want to open the box because that just feels like, the, I think shame. Yeah, that's interesting. There's shame in the, there's shame in there. I will fail by standards that I have somehow internalized that I don't understand where they came from. I think it's so interesting that you identify public speaking as that sort of touch paper issue that mm. feels really difficult. So I think that's very common for people that it feels so exposing. And if you're mentioning shame, you know, that you're so visible, you're so seen that I guess that's the jeopardy piece. Mm. It's not beavering away at your desk where only you and maybe a few others can see your potential fail. But the idea of being witnessed by so many eyes yeah. is very confronting for people. It is, and we can assume our listener has a project that has some public face to it at some point. Let's assume. Okay. Let, let's assume. I don't know if we can. Let's assume. <laughs> let's assume. This is the invitation. Is there something around perfectionism getting caught up in the leap of procrastination? Question mark. We don't know. We don't know, but very possibly, yes. Very possibly. Yeah. The other thing I would say to, that came to me, and I'm new to this field, but I have recently had some clients who have been diagnosed with ADHD. Mm. I don't have a lot of experience at working with people with ADHD. Yeah. And procrastination is huge. It's part of, we're not diagnosing, but again, there's a question, you know, if you wanted to go through a checklist of what's really going mm. on, there are loads of resources on the internet. There's a podcast episode on this if you, if you want to listen to it. And maybe it's an easy, absolutely not. But I think those of us Gen Xs and older, that diagnosis wasn't around. Yeah, it's not the obvious. It hasn't been normalized for us. So the people I work with are late 20s, early 30s for whom that's more more known about. Known about. And is it, an, you know, are you, aren't you? Okay, fine. But for us Gen Xs, it's like, what? I can, I just thought that was me. Right, uh, right, right. So I think it's really important that you mention that because it's certainly something to bear in mind, not just for people who might suffer from ADHD, if indeed it is a suffer from condition. Mm. Yeah, the language is, yeah. Yeah, the language is yeah. so important. But also, for other people who might be working with people who have ADHD or any other, what are we, what are we describing? Uh, quality? I don't know. What's the right terminology? So we're, we're talking about if your colleague is, looks like they're procrastinating and, 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 and empathy and understanding for what's going on with them. Or, yeah, maybe that's the right word. Understanding what might be going on for someone. Yeah. I think that's a great lens. I hadn't even thought about that. I was really listening and thinking of this through the listeners submission yeah but we work with people who procrastinate and and which can be seemingly incredibly frustrating yes and i can imagine i've sat there going quite judgy going 
for heaven's sake, it's not that freaking hard. Just do it. Yes. Like, why are you, why are you messing procrastinating? Around? Why? Just get yeah. on with it. It's just, easy. Yeah, just, just stop it yeah. because it's easy for me. Yeah, just stop it and, and move on. So, yeah, I think there's a, that's a lovely expansion of this topic into how do we be with people who are, by our definition, are procrastinating and what? how do we find a compassionate lens on what might be going on for them? The thing about this topic is it can be treated in a way that feels quite dismissive. As you say, why can't you just get mm. on with it? For goodness sake, just do your homework, just do your essay. It starts really early, doesn't it? And yet there's that we can all meet profound resistance in ourselves around completing certain tasks or not even tasks. It might be what we see as big work in the world, anything, mm. this resistance that we all might meet in ourselves. And it, it's a huge topic, isn't it? It's a really big thing. What do you procrastinate about? Uh, yeah, what, what's, what's my big procrastinator? I don't know whether it's something I procrastinate about because I might be using different language, but I think there are certain roles, certain jobs that I avoid because they overwhelm me. So, for example, I identify myself as someone who really doesn't understand numbers. Mm -hmm. And if we're talking about ADHD, <laughs> I might even go so far as to say I have a real problem understanding numbers. It has always been there for me. I just don't get them. I don't remember. People say to me, well, how much did something cost? I have no idea. And they think I'm being flippant, but I really have no idea. Because if you show me a number, I can't, it doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, it doesn't stick in your brain. Interesting. Yeah. Right. So anything that has, an, and I'm looking at my desk now, feverishly looking at something with a number on. So anything that is sort of related to numbers creates a lot of overwhelm for me. So mm. tax return, yikes, tricky to mm. keep things uber simple. Oh, I'll yeah. tell you what, doing packages coach school they said try and have packages for your clients and it's like not at all yes. i just have to charge for the hour because otherwise i just don't get it and i get it <laughs> yeah yeah really really hard for me so i would say if i start to explore that it's like well, well no wonder i procrastinate about those things it has emotional i'm scared of it yeah i think you've really You've got lots of stuff going on. Like, is procrastination is perhaps a signal of some heavy emotion in there that we don't want to be with, some real discomfort. Yeah. That's very real. It's very and needs real. to be acknowledged and seen. Firstly, we're just by ourselves for ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And I guess that's what I mean about we tend to sort of take big words like procrastination, and it is a big word, literally. And we tie it up in a bow and we say, oh, procrastination topic. How do we deal with procrastination? And then, but it actually has so many layers of meaning for people. Yeah. What might be going on underneath the surface, like anything, like all of these topics. I feel like I'm learning about myself and procrastination in this conversation, the ways in which I might procrastinate, although I wouldn't identify in that way and the shame around that. Like, it feels shameful for me given I write a podcast and I have quite a big character, but I can't stand, I hate, I'm terrified of standing up on stage. Terrified is a big word, but I, I would go far away to avoid doing it. 
that's not procrastination, but if, if I got a gig to do that, I would avoid doing the prep and the, the planning and the design and everything. I would procrastinate on that. You're so gifted. <laughs> Thank you. The sad thing about that is you have a real talent for public speaking. We sort of call it public speaking, which, by the way, is what you're doing right now. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's, that's the irony of it. Like, I, this I love, but there's something about a public stage. What's the difference for you? <laughs> it's conversational. I don't have to prepare slides. I don't have to have a coherent thread. I don't have right. to stand up and, and just talk at people for 20, 40, 60 minutes. I don't like a monologue. Right. And yet, you know, there's help that can be. <laughs> access and that there are (laughs) tools and methodology for managing how to create it's an interesting way like so i would assume our listener has googled top tips for procrastinating and gotten to tips like eat your broccoli first all that kind of stuff and yet it's still here so i think there's a there's an interesting way of of breaking the theme down into what are the tips Mm. and assuming that you've tried those Mm. and they haven't worked and what's going underneath what's really going on Mm-hmm. Yeah, and can you sit in your discomfort to find out? Yeah. Well, that is a rich topic. Very much so. Any final thoughts on that? I think the only final thought on that is to do with the public speaking piece and to know that there is a there's a way of being with public speaking which doesn't involve tips and tricks. Yes. I really recommend doing some deep work around what it is that's getting in your way and reconnecting with what is it that you want to communicate to the world because once we understand the bigness around what we want to say to the world the fears that the very real fears and the valid fears get outweighed by your big purpose so thanks again to our listener for sending in their challenge around procrastination. I hope you feel that you can take something from this. And for the rest of us, that we've learned a little bit more about how we all procrastinate in certain ways, even if we don't call it that. And maybe some empathy for those around us who we judge as procrastinating. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you did, you're not alone. Many of the listeners who subscribe leave positive reviews. I think we have the last count about 34 five-star reviews across Apple and Spotify. A review that I liked recently is from Villa Fraser. That's what the person is called. And what they say is the conversation in this podcast is frank and real. Two things vital in finding your way around. Catherine shares her vulnerability and learnings in a warm and professional way and gets the most out of a guest great to keep you motivated and connected with what matters to you go listen and find your way so thank you Villa Fraser for that if you want to join this community of listeners please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple or the podcast homepage you know, your feedback really helps me improve the show and reach more listeners just like you it really takes a minute and so there thank you for your support and until next time this is your wingwoman signing off mm-hmm.